This episode is raw audio of an informal yet insightful discussion I had with Ridwan Habib, an expert on Islamic radicalization and extremism in Indonesia. Ridwan is a PhD candidate at the University of Indonesia, and he is frequently called upon by both local and international news outlets for his analysis on terrorism issues in the country. This is Indonesia In-Depth. I'm Sean Corrigan. Five guiding principles of our national life. Pat Ridwan, uh, many of our listeners may have heard about the high-profile court case which led to the death sentence yes. for the radical cleric and de facto leader of Jama'ah Ansharut Daula, or JAD as it's locally known, mm-hmm. which is a terrorist group led by Aman Abdurrahman. He was found guilty of inciting others to commit at least five acts of terrorism, including suicide attacks in the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. Pat Ridwan, I want to obtain some of your insights on the verdict in a moment, but if I may, for now, I'd like to first talk about the history of radical Islam in Indonesia, as this is not a new phenomenon in the country. Uh, is it correct to say that radical Islam and extremism date back to the colonial era or the pre-independence era with groups such as Darul Islam, which is, translates as the Islamic State, and locally known as DI, and they fought against the Dutch in the late 1940s. The group continued to gain strength in the 1950s, particularly in West Java, Sumatra, and Aceh, and DI eventually formed the Indonesian Islamic Army. Is that correct? Uh, Before I explain about that, Mm -hmm. I I think after the verdict of Aman, there are two possibilities to be considered. First, there may be a revenge action from his supporter, most probably the early supporter of ISIS. These people are very diligent and anxious in learning about the ISIS ideology, so we must be very aware of them. The targets are very random. They can attack the judge on the courthouse, so the police or dancers should be very aware of, of this kind of threat. So that's th- 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 the first one. So and that's the result of the sentencing, the guilty sentencing yes, of Abdurrahman yes. and their leader, the, the followers would right. uh, and the, ne- the next one, take revenge. Th- there, will, there will be a lead time between the verdict and the execution. So Aman and Jama'ah Ansarul Daulah have enough time to coordinate or plan things out, this including to appoint a man's replacement among their cadres. And uh, a year from now, we have what we call a political years because there is a presidential election. It's very dangerous to Indonesia if the JAD and the terrorist network doing something at that year. So the, the presidential election is in April of 2019, is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Above all things, Aman's death verdicts only make his character stronger and more affluent amongst his people and peers, including other terrorist groups. This is an imminent danger to Indonesia because such thing can trigger new followers that really adore Aman. So he Although he may seem like an ordinary person because actually Aman is an, not a combatant or he never go to Afghanistan, he never go to Syria or Iraq. The ideology, the writing about his talk is very dangerous. Is he charismatic or so he has no combat experience o- abroad in Afghanistan yeah. like some of these previous uh, yeah, with, with actors, this, but he doesn't? Yeah, with this verdict, Aman level is increasing between the, their group between their sympathizers. Because this, this verdict make Amman equal to Amrozi, Imam Samudra, or yeah, others. This is the Bali, the yes, Bali bombers. Yes, Bali bombing, first, first Bali bombing. So back to, the, to your uh, early question, is there any connection between 
long radicalization in Indonesia, Darul Islam or Tentara Islam Indonesia, I think there's a new connection because there's a new faction in Darul Islam that today there were plates uh, the the what we call bayat to ISIS. Bayat is a Islamic terminology that means oath of allegiance to a leader. ISIS is the Indonesian pronunciation for ISIS. This is a new a new form of uh, Darul Islam that pledges loyalty uh, by uh, to ISIS, which now is led by Aman Abdurrahman. So you see his profile rising since since the sentencing. Aman is already had a twelve what we call uh, prominent cadre. The the next leader after Aman, twelve people. That one of them can be replacing Aman after the execution had been done. But I I don't think so. It, it, I don't think it will be. In the current moment, I think there will be uh, delay time, one or maybe two or three years after the verdict. The execution is not immediate. There is plenty time of, of this kind of network to reorganize and rearrange their planning. What we learn from Surabaya bombing is they do the attack after something big happened, what we, what we call a pre-mob riots. So when the the Mako Primo riots is on the police management, they they already can handle the situation. The attack at Surabaya begin. And so the the Primo uh, was the jail located in Jakarta, yeah, yeah. which was holding yeah, many right. of the uh, important uh, terrorist suspects. Yes. And there was a riot, incited violence there, and I think they they killed several. There is a hostage situation hostage there. Hostage situation, oh, correct? Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, so these groups created violence in other parts of the country, in Surabaya, for example. Yes. And also in Riau, was that accurate as well? Yeah, Riau. Rio is more unique because the the attacker at the Rio head police headquarters is from Darul Islam, from Negara Islam Indonesia, a long faction before ISIS. Uh, right now, they were pledged alliance. Uh, they were bayat to ISIS, so they they have a same what we call same feeling to attack, same Hamasah in Arabic. In Arabic, it's called Hamasah. So they, they're in, they inspired the, and have the, yeah. the same spirit, even yeah. though the, the attackers or the uh, actors in Riyadh were from actually a different group? Yes. Rather than the... Surabaya or the Brimab riots. The ones in Surabaya and Brimab, is that JAD? Yeah, they were connected because the this attacker, the, bomb, the bomber at Surabaya Church is pledged alliance to JAD and the riots at the Brimab detention also from JAD. So there's uh, one uh, organization connection between them. What are your thoughts on, was the riots a spontaneous incident? Was it planned? Any connections between Surabaya and the, the riots in Jakarta uh, among the uh, terrorist prisoners? The starter is spontaneous for the first, but after there is a one, two, three hours after the, the, the first beginning riot happened, uh, there, is a there is coordination, especially with the social media. They had a Telegram channel, they had Instagram, they had uh, Twitter. So they were coordinating by social media. So there, there is a, some small group living from Ciamis to attack Jakarta, living from Subang to attack Jakarta, living from Bekasi, from Depok to have a solidarity to their group in uh, Brimob riot. But Densus 88 can manage to, to prevent mm -hmm. that, that attack. Mm -hmm. But Densus 88 cannot prevent the Surabaya bombing. 
Detachment 88, or Densus 88 as it's locally known, was created in the aftermath of the deadly 2002 Bali bombings that killed over 200 people. Densus 88 has about 400 to 500 members, advanced weaponry, and training. So it started as a spontaneous yes. riot in the prison, but then it was used as an opportunity. Uh, but just for our listeners, that riot lasted 48 hours around more, approximately? More, more than 40 more hours more until it was finally suppressed uh, yeah. and resulted in several deaths of, of the correctional uh, officers, police. Yes, five and also members inmates of as well. One inmates and five police officers. Yeah. So there was a window of opportunity for these uh, terrorists to sort of organize and, and mobilize to uh, yeah. respond to the, yeah, the that's, uh, yeah, that's true. Is it true that DI actually eventually formed the Indonesian Islamic Army. And I'm told that the same group even attempted to assassinate President Sukarno in the 1950s. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is actually their grand-grandson or the next generation from the Kartosuerio network during the President Sukarno era. But right now, the, this new uh, young member of Darul Islam, Negara Islam Indonesia, had a belief that the best organization to have a pledge uh, or pay out or uh, supporting is ISIS right now. So all of them join ISIS right now. But this is a long history. There's a long history between uh, Darul Islam during uh, Sukarno era to this new group of Darul Islam in this era. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, some of the DI members actually have actually relatives of the former players in, in the 1950s yeah. or so. Yeah. So it's actually a lineage. True, it's a lineage from their yeah. parents or yeah, their yeah. grandfather. But not all, but some, right? And some. Has uh, that changed? Some of them, uh, but this is a prominent member of them. Just talking about, you know, the we have a lot of incidents of acts of terrorism and radical Islam is in the headline news headlines quite mm -hmm. often, mm -hmm. you know, this year and last year and ever since I would say 2001, it's mm -hmm. it's been a continuing issue. I just want to read an excerpt just for our listeners and then maybe get your oh, okay, response. Okay. President said forms of extremist activities are harmful to all of us. Mm. He was not explicit, but mm -hmm. Indonesians knew what the president was talking about. Mm -hmm. Disruptions born of Islamic radicalism. Mm. Some people wonder, however, if the government mm. may be on a collision course with Islamic fundamentalism mm -hmm. in its drive for secularism. Foreign diplomats, Indonesian commentators suggest that the zeal to curb Muslim radicals may ultimately drive some wavering believers mm -hmm. of the political or religious mainstream into more extreme camps. Mm. So that article could be a news article from 2018, mm -hmm. but that was a New York Times article dated from 1985 during the President Suharto era. Okay. Uh, so we can see that radical Islam has been a problem in Indonesia for, for decades. Yes. You sort of touched on the history of uh, radical Islam. What's the goal of DI back in uh, right the colonial era when, the, when they were mm -hmm. fighting for independence from the Dutch? Mm -hmm. Was it Islamic State of all of Indonesian territory? Was it to impose Sharia law? How would that have worked with Sukarno, for example? What sort of their motivation back yeah. then? Both of that, uh, they, were, they, they want to make uh, Indonesia as an Islamic state and also imposing the Sharia law, of course. And then they believe that Indonesia, if run by Islamic law, there will be more prosper, more happier to the citizens. So uh, I think after ISIS came, this uh, what we call a state models, this state character is implementing by a new group. But right now, they were more wider than only in Indonesia. This is a worldwide. Mm -hmm. Daulah, what we call Daulah. If the world 
is managed by the Islamic law, so there will be more, more happier, more prosper to the all the citizen of the world. That's what they believe right now. Just for our listeners, maybe talk very briefly about groups such as uh, Jamaat Islamia, mm -hmm. which was very prominent in the uh, early 2000s, yeah. and especially uh, was behind the Bali bombings in 2001. Mm -hmm. Since its leader um, Abu Bakr Bashir has been imprisoned, mm -hmm. Jamaat Islamia or JI has sort of splintered into other groups. Is that accurate? To JAD or JAT? Yeah, yeah. And it's. Some groups are supporting ISIS, some aren't, or some still supporting Al-Qaeda? Uh, that's true. Uh, Jamaa Islamia is reorganized to, I think there is more than three groups right now. The first one is uh, what we call right now is Jamaa Ansaru Daulah. Actually, it's from the Jamaa Ansaru Tauhid. Jamaa Ansaru Tauhid, there is a split between the JAT membership and leadership. So some of the Jamaa Ansaru Tauhid leaving the Jamaa Ansaru Tauhid and make a new form of jama'ah, what we call jama'ah ansharu sharia'ah. That's the, the second layer of J.I. And the third one is what we call right now is the Neo-JE. Neo-JE, I think this is the... So Neo-JI. Neo-JI. Neo-Jama'ah Islamiyah, I think this is the most dangerous network after ISIS in Indonesia. Because this Neo-JI had a connection to Al-Qaeda. They still pledge alliance to Ayman Azawahiri. So this is the two terrorist organizations that are working separately in Indonesia. Many uh, terrorism experts mm. uh, state that you know, although ISIS makes the headlines mm -hmm. on a daily basis, oh. that Al-Qaeda is still the more dangerous group globally mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. they are more dedicated, patient, mm -hmm. and uh, driven. Mm. So do you sense sense that this Neo-JI organization branch will also conduct terrorist attacks in the near future? Are they well-funded compared to, say, JAD or JAT? And you, there's no cooperation between this uh, Neo-GI and the, other groups? Uh, this Neo-JI is well-trained, I think. They, they were, their members is come from late Afghan warrior. I think they had a more than seven people that can make a bomb. This Neo-JI, I think, more dangerous than the JAD on the ISIS network that led by Aman Abdurrahman. Uh, the interesting part of the bombing in Surabaya is that Dita had a connection with someone what we call uh, Khalid Abu Bakar. I'm sorry, who's Dita? Uh, uh, Dita is the bomber at the Surabaya church. This Dita uh, had a connection with a man called Khalid Abu Bakar. What we believe this Khalid Abu Bakar is a member of Neo-JE. So there is a connection between Neo-JE and JAD on the Surabaya bombing uh, last month. If that corrects, uh, because this, this Khalid Abu Bakar is still on the run, uh, police cannot apprehend him right now, he, he's still on the run. But if that corrects, so we have a new kind of threat. There is communication, coordination between Neoche and JAD and that's, that is very, very dangerous to Indonesia. So Dita was the father of the yes, family? Yes, the father but of the, the family, family. And then his wife also yeah, Dita had his kids and, the wife and also and, in, in and the attacks. Yes. four kids. I see. Uh, this uh, Neoche actually uh, there is a, what we call investigation about Neoche. Siono is one of the members of Neoche, but when, when he apprehended by the police, he struggled. There was a fight between the police and Siono, and Siono was dead. After Siono dead, we, we cannot have a new data about Neoche because Siono is the key of logistic. Siono is the key of the cadreization between 
their connection one another. After she or not that, we we had a blank data. We cannot apprehend more people about this neo GI. And speaking about logistics, where does their funding come from? From say the neo GI, mm. some of these groups rely on common criminal activities such as yeah. robbing banks, ATMs, yeah, yeah. things like that. Is is that sort of their base for funding, or is it from outside donations? Is it from Saudi uh, Arabia or neo GI had a very good connection to Al Qaeda, so I think there is still what we call hawala transfer between the Al-Qaeda from Middle East to the neo JI network in Indonesia. And the hawala is sort of like an informal money transfer yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. through, uh, not through computer networks or bank transfers, yes. but through individuals, correct? Yes, but hawala is a new uh, technique to send uh, logistics or amount of money by courier or person in direct meeting, but I think Right now, the hawala technique is using by the what we call TKI, Indonesian, Indonesian uh, workers abroad, abroad, abroad. Yeah. foreign yes. workers. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting. And it's, so it's very difficult to trace. There's no computer record. There's no banking record. No proven records. Just again on on logistics, uh, is it true that say JAD or JAT had issues with funding? I mean, w didn't they rely more on mm. Saudi's mm. uh, fundraising from criminal activities and robberies more than say Neo JI is actually has this mm -hmm. hawala mm -hmm. transfers and things like that? Is that accurate? Yeah, JAD is more uh, lack of money right now. Actually, after Aman Abdurrahman meet Freddy Budiman, maybe you. No, uh, who, I'm sorry, who's Freddy? Uh, Budiman? Freddy Budiman is. Uh, drug dealers, very prominent drug dealers in Nusa Kambangan and which is the prison in is it Central Java? Yes, the prison in Central Java with Aman Abdurrahman. And this Freddy Budiman guys is a pledge alliance to Aman Abdurrahman. So the network from the drug community, the drug dealers give to this GRD network by Freddy Budiman. And, and this happened in prison while the two were in prison? Yes, the two were meeting in prison. It's an important uh, new relationship and uh, which led to more funding or access to possibly more, more funding. Yeah, yeah, because this Freddy Budiman guy had a very wider access actually. But Freddy right now already executed, uh, already dead, but the network's still on. When would the execution occur for Aman Abdurrahman? He was sentenced last Friday, which mm. was I think June 22nd or 21st. Yeah. When would that execution actually be carried out? Would it be years? Yeah, there will be a lot uh, time before uh, between the verdict and the execution. Perhaps one or maybe two years after the verdict. I think if the government know the risk, know the, the danger about this Aman connection, uh, I would suppose the government will execute more accurately and think if there are a more uh, if there a delay time for this execution is this is will be more dangerous to Indonesia. So you're saying that the government would be better off carrying out the ex execution sooner rather than sooner. Later. Yes, 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 sooner. Yes. And you think if he was executed, that would have a, a negative impact on the organization? Uh, yeah, it's more better sooner the execution to the GRD network because there is no much there is no significant time for this GRD network to regrouping or to what we call restructuring the organization just getting back when uh, Aman Abdurrahman was in jail mm -hmm. and you mentioned you know he built a relationship with yeah. this other person yeah. a big time drug dealer yeah. who then later assisted with some financing of the organization Aman Abdurrahman was charged with inciting mm. acts of terrorism in Indonesia mm. while in prison mm. How does that exactly happen? I know in the past, I think yeah, in the early yeah. 2000s, some of these prisoners actually had mobile devices in yeah. prison. That has since been banned, is that correct? Or yeah, how correct. does someone incite 
acts of terrorism from yeah. from a high security prison. Uh, this like is that. actually the the worst problem in Indonesia. The prisoners from many cases, not only terrorism, is dealing with a very bad situation in the jail. They can bribe the officer to minutes to bring the handphone or USB or what, even internet, even laptop. So this terrorist network can minutes the operation from inside the jail, inside the prison. I think this is a very bad situation for, for Indonesian law, for uh, Indonesian government. If, it is, if this is continuing, uh, continues to happen, I think there will be more terrorist attack in Indonesia because the jail, the prison cannot prevail Mm -hmm. the the scenario planning or the operation arrangement from this terrorist network. So they're not actually in 100% isolation from the outside world? No, in fact no. Uh, my, my research on this jail is uh, two years. I'm doing my research on this radicalization process and the prisoner of terrorism network. Uh, there's no significant between my my thesis and my uh, research uh, until now. So in the two-year window that you've been researching mm -hmm. it, you don't see any improvements yeah, in there's the, no on this any issue? There's no any improvement of the prison's network in Indonesia. Any idea why? Is it just funding? Is it, uh, is it leadership? I think about this Both? bureaucracy and leadership, I think. Because uh, the warden is changing frequently and then the minister what we believe is doesn't have any grand strategy for this jail for the terrorists. And for example, Abdurrahman was found guilty in organizing or inciting five attacks, including yes. the Tamarind bombing, which was in central Jakarta yes. in 2016, yes. another uh, attack in Samarinda, which is in uh, East Kalimantan, yeah. and several others, another one in Jakarta in, in the Kampung Melayu, Kampung yeah. Melayu, Kampung Melayu in East Jakarta. And this was through contacts in the Nusa Kambangan prison. In the Nusa Kambangan prison. All of them is Aman still in Nusa Kambangan prison. While the attack happened, Aman still in the prison. So there's no significant improvement for from the government to this the terrorist prison organization. You mentioned earlier, or we discussed very briefly about the, the center of gravity of yeah, yeah. radicalism. Mm -hmm. Indonesian law enforcement have drastically increased their capabilities since the 2001 mm -hmm. Bali bombings, which killed over 202 people mm -hmm. and injured, I'm sure, thousands. Mm -hmm. um, they have since established a highly trained counterterrorism police mm. unit called Detachment 88, mm. uh, which has taken some preemptive steps uh, mm. with disrupting several attacks mm -hmm. in the past. Uh, with that said, the planning of attacks and actual attacks continue, as you said. What are the roots of Islamic radicalism and extremist groups in Indonesia? And how do authorities find this center of gravity and counter this? And you know, where and what is the center of gravity? I think the center of gravity for terrorism in Indonesia is on the ideology not on the terrorist network, not on the logistic, not on the uh, what we call sympathism or networking, but on the ideology. If the ideology still remain circulated right now by the social media, by the internet, I think there will be more aman. After aman executed, there will be more another aman in Indonesia that can be dangerous. If the government want to terrorism in Indonesia decreasing, I think the first time they have to grant strategy to contain this 
dangerous ideology what we call a salafi jihadisme wahhabisme takfiri if the ideology still remain circulated i think there will be no significant and is that done effort. through the education system how do you counter that ideology specifically i think from the first time is from of course from the educational system from the university from the high school but the social media in internet have a major influence right now so government should be very vigilant uh, vigilant yeah yes yeah. vigilance to this kind of spreading of this ideology on the internet i think also there is no counter literation for from the organization like nahdlatul ulama or muhammadiyah which are the two biggest uh, yeah, the islamic two, groups in indonesia the two biggest modern islamic organizations in indonesia there is no counter literation there is no counter ustad there is no counter ideology from this organization so uh, like the menu on the restaurant if someone is very hungry there is only one menu so he will eat that menu the, the menu is salafi jihadisme wahhabisme and takfiri there's no other offering the, to, the, no to other choose offering. from yeah. i believe that these two moderate islamic groups mm. have failed to adjust to the adjust to the times with the uh, yeah, internet yeah. and yeah, social yeah, media yes, yes, right it's yeah i stuck, agree you know maybe 20 30 years ago true true i yeah. agree about that meanwhile these mm. other radical groups are using social media very very wisely very yeah. There's a lot of talk especially outside of Indonesia mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Saudi support for Wahhabi mm-hmm. ideology and also radical madrasas mm-hmm. uh, in Southeast Asia I think in southern Thailand and also mm-hmm. in Indonesia and other places mm-hmm. maybe in Malaysia how important is the Saudi role when it comes to Islamic extremism in Indonesia Aman Abdurrahman actually came from the Saudi school in Indonesia in Jakarta Lipia So it's a Saudi funded school or yes. is it a Saudi yes. official one, Saudi school uh, 100% Saudi high school. is it a high school or is it a academy. university academy uh, Lipia is the acronym for the Islamic and Arabic College of Indonesia it's located in South Jakarta and was established in the 1980s Aman actually came from that university that that academy And it's majority funded from the Saudis or entirely yes. funded entirely funded from Saudi from Saudi government or private uh, individuals uh, private individuals from Saudi and how long has that been operating in Indonesia uh, years, many years many years i think 15 years and are they teaching what's their curriculum are they teaching uh, yeah, of course of course there is some of their manual there is some of the books that teaching the wahhabism uh, aman learn from that and aman also learn from the other uh, jihadists from the saudis and also from the middle east such as said kutub and the other prominent figure of the jihadis but the lip called lipia this this university L- lipia is the name yeah, mm-hmm. i think this one that Uh, had a very major impact to the aman thought and belief and why wouldn't the the government or the ministry of education investigate their their curriculum and what you know some of the results of uh, been coming out of there uh, and either shut it down or force them to change mm, uh, or or no. maybe stop the funding no uh, right now i think there is no investigation on that university there's no investigation there's no yeah investigation yeah and is it because of the government or the authorities are worried there would be a backlash from the uh, muslim community or what yeah. why wouldn't the i the think the lack, the lack of evidence 
that Libya had major connection to Amman and the terrorist network in Indonesia. The, we, we don't have any uh, proven proven evidence to yeah, so say no, that yeah, no real concrete yeah evidence concrete yeah. evidence that to say that this this university in this Libya network this Saudi network is connected with the Wahhabisme Takfiri and Salafi Jihadisme in Indonesia. I think if we can provide the evidence, we can provide the solid and concrete evidence that proving Libya and the university funded by the Saudis connected directly to this AMA network, I think there's a perhaps shutting down or something. Is that just one of many type of uh, institutions in Indonesia uh, that have the similar uh, Yeah, they, they had, I think they had seven of... Uh, seven uh, branches of the same school? Yeah, the same school. And are there other, and the other similar area in Indonesia? Other areas in Indonesia mm -hmm. and there, are there other similar type schools? Yeah. Different yeah. names, different, different names, but similar school like Olympia. Also uh, funded by the also funded by the Saudis. Would you agree to say that Saudi funding is an issue to radicalism in Indonesia? Yeah, is it a significant uh, influence. Uh, I think there is a connection between the Saudis ideology, uh, especially Wahhabisme, to the radicalization in Indonesia. Because as we know, there's uh, many organization, Islamic organization in, in Indonesia that adore the Saudis network, the Saudis mufti, the Saudis ulamas, uh, such as Persis, Perti, Persatuan Umat Islam, uh, Forum Umat Islam. These are the names of several hardline Islamic organizations. The, the current issue is the prominent figure from the hard Islamic organization FBI in Indonesia, Habib Rizik, is currently in Saudi. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there is a very, uh, I think there is a significant connection between Saudis and mm -hmm. the radicalization in Indonesia. And FBI is the Islamic Defenders Front? Which yeah, Islamic Defenders Front. Which was a hardliner organization, organization that played an instrumental role uh, yes. in the 2017 mm -hmm. downfall of then Governor yeah, Ahok, Governor uh, Ahok Jakarta. in Jakarta. Mm -hmm. uh, but those groups say FPI, which is the Islamic Defenders Front, mm -hmm. uh, the, the 212 alumni group, mm -hmm. those are separate, is that correct? I mean, they don't, they haven't conducted any actual terrorism attacks. They're, they're actually yeah. separate from, there's no relation or connection between, yeah. say, FPI and the 212 yeah. group to, say, JAT uh, or uh, on the year of 2010, there is uh, some members of Islamic Defenders Group (FBI) that joining the what we call the Tadrib Askari military training at the Jalin Janto Aceh. That in is Aceh. In Aceh, 2010. There, th this military training in Aceh is surely ma managed by Abu Bakar Basir and this uh, GI network. So Abu Bakar Basir was the form former leader of GI. Former leader of GI in Indonesia. Uh, managing the military training in uh, Jalin Canto Aceh and there is uh, some of the members from the Islamic Defender uh, Group, FBI, joining that military uh, military training. So if we, if, we if we mention that this is totally separated, I didn't, I didn't think so. Mm -hmm. there's a, mm -hmm. uh, there is a connection but not uh, no direct connection. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So there has been some, a little bit of a mixture of some FBI yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Hmm maybe either on their own or for other reasons getting mm. involved, but it's not very clear of a yeah. strong relationship. Yeah. Is there anything else that I'm, that I'm missing that, you know, that, that Bush should know that's not being talked about? What else, is there anything else that is uh, important to know? I think we, we had to appreciate the effort from this government, from this uh, President Jokowi efforts to what we call revise, revise the law from the last law, the terrorism law. So there is more opportunity to the 
officials from the police to apprehend the network before they doing the attack. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we, we should appreciate it about for background that anti-terrorism law dated back to 2003, is that correct? Yeah, after Bali bombing. After Bali bombing and it was a very sensitive bill. It was in parliament for several years. Yes. It was debated on and off again and um, was hotly debated in parliament and there was issues with the definition of terrorism, yeah. the role of the military in um, anti-terrorism mm -hmm. and also importantly the detention of suspects yeah. without a court order, without uh, due process and also for a long duration, I think up to 30 days. Yes. W what was the final verdict in that, the, the final decision on detention? How many days was, was uh, related? Because I know in the beginning they were talking about 60 days. Uh, uh, 14 black days. Sites. Right now it's 14 days. 14. 14 days and the police can manage to make a long, uh, longer process to seven days, so 21. So it can be extended up to Extended 21. up to 21 days. And that was a, a big achievement by Parliament by passing that law finally, but it was actually in result of the Surabaya tax, which really pushed the bill forward. Do you think yeah. it would have been longer period yeah. if it wasn't for the Surabaya tax? That really was the last uh, yeah. step I, into pushing I, I, it forward. Yeah, I think there's a connection between the Surabaya bombing and this uh, revised bill to the parliament. And the bill also focused more on sort of these preventative measures yeah. uh, stopping terrorism. Mm. Do you think it's enough? So you, you think the bill is um, will have an impact, a positive impact on preventing terrorism or cracking yeah, down terrorism? Yeah, we op we optimize. We uh, we think that this this revised bill is more better there, better than the last yeah, one, the previous one, yeah, the, the previous one, because the police can apprehend uh, their suspected terrorists before the, these people manage to attack. And we have 40 days or 21 days to do that. So I think this is uh, very positive. That was Ridwan Habib, an expert on radicalization and extremism in Indonesia. I'm Sean Corrigan, and this is the Indonesia In-Depth Podcast. We will be back soon with another episode. The Indonesia In-Depth podcast is produced by the team at Lexico Indonesia, a political risk advisory located in the heart of Jakarta. You can find Lexico Indonesia at lexicoindonesia.com. 